Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. My friends, today I'm going to talk about a concept that I didn't even give a title. I probably should have gave a title to it, but it comes along this lines. Uh, people believe, poor people believe the way you make money is by doing everything yourself and that you're going to go out there and figure it all out somehow. And there's going to be a trick to everything and you're going to pay for nothing. And every last cent of every deal you do is going to go in your pocket. In return, you're going to make massive mistake once or more than once in your life and lose everything you have. I've seen it time and time again. I've seen it where people try. In fact, I actually heard a guy that was so stupid, he gave a seminar the other day on how to buy and sell real estate without using real estate agents or brokers. Where 99% of the real estate deals get done with real estate agents and brokers who make sure you've got all the legal work and documents in place. Man, the things and all the steps are taken necessary to get it done right. Don't need them, though. No, don't need them at all. They're only out there for no reason. They're out there just to be an impedance to us getting our our money we want to get. There we go. I've had other people just do transactions. I don't even understand how they even think they could do it. But they just sign documents. They buy pieces of real estate from people they don't even know, and they just sign documents. There's so many ways in real estate you can make a massive mistake by missing a small amount of knowledge. And so today, I'm going to work on that angle. And I'm also going to bring in an angle towards the end of the show here about people who work in their business. They don't work on their business. They work in their business. And where if you strip them out of the business, the business would be destroyed. So they don't own a business. They own a job. And we're going to talk about that. And again, it all ties together. It's all the same thing. Why do I want to try to suck every last penny out of every transaction I do and take massive risks because I do it that way? That's really what we're talking about. Now, today, uh, we're going to start the discussion in this probably multiple radio show discussion. We're going to start it talking about how you buy a piece of real estate and know you actually own the piece of real estate. And I'm going to ask a question today that is really an important question I get asked really regularly. And I'm going to save that one for a little later, but it is, uh, it's a shocking question. So we'll cover that a little bit later. But right now, what I want to do is I want to talk about title companies. And I brought a friend in here, Mr. Mike Rosell. He owns Alamo Title Company. And I want to just sort of ask him a few questions about how do people do this? You know, why is the title company so important? And how do you use a title company? So welcome to the show, Mike. I appreciate it, Dell. Thanks for having me. You know, I don't know if you run into these people because you get the people that actually look for title companies. But have you ever ran into somebody who thought they could do it all themselves? Uh, I have. Um, you know, I and I do want to make one uh, small correction. Uh, Alamo 
title company is actually owned by Fidelity National Title Company. We're uh, we're I guess um, we're the largest in the world. So, um, although I've been in the industry for uh, quite some time, I guess it's now been uh, what sixteen years or so. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of things, though, and um, I have seen. I, I come across people all the time that think they can do it themselves. I see people get in trouble. Uh, I see people needing to get bailed out, and I see people fail. Um, but along with that, I see a lot of success stories as well. So, well, before we get into success stories, because those are easy, <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> a lot of those. Are what about these lifestyles, guys? Believe it or not. Oh, I know. What about these guys that come to come to me? They don't come to you and say this, obviously, but they come to me and they say, "Hey, you know, uh, should I go down to the to the should I go down to the the records department and and check the title, see if there's clear title." And I say to them, yeah. you have no idea how to do that. There's stuff that's not even recorded yet to be against that title. Let's get into this. Why do we use title company insurance? Or why do we use title companies, and why is there such a thing as title company insurance? You know, let's start with this. Why, why does anyone use an insurance company? You use an insurance company in case something bad happens, right? You, you have car insurance in case you get into an accident. You have title insurance in case you have a, a claim that, uh, you know, has something, a defect on title that you may not have known about. Um, like I said, in, in my time in the business, I've seen, I've seen all kinds of things. I've seen uh, a home that collapsed in basically a sinkhole uh, due to a, uh, an old landfill um, that wasn't ever uh, brought up in title. So there's a claim there. I, there are Dale, there are thousands of ways that you can make a claim on title. And if you don't have title insurance, you're not going to be able to uh, protect yourself against that. Um, the most common thing that uh, I see, well, first of all, um, if you have debt or if you get a loan on a property, uh, a lender is going to require you to have title insurance. Um, title insurance is going to protect you against any liens on the property, any encumbrances, any defects on title. Um, and, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about uh, for this show's purpose is kind of best practices on closing deals. And that kind of ties right into the beginning aspects of why you open title. You open title because you want to make sure there's you have clear title. Um, if you have a lien against a property that you're trying to buy and the title company doesn't catch that or you don't use the title company, if you're paying cash for a deal, you're not required to have title insurance. I, I don't see that happen very often at all uh, for a very similar reason of the example that you gave about the, the woman whose uh, house burned down and uh, didn't have insurance and lost millions of dollars in a lawsuit. Uh, there, are, there are lots of uh, ways that we can help protect you. Um, and the sooner you open title and figure out that you have clear title or that you have defects on title, the longer you have to remedy those situations. Remember, the radio listeners here are pretty basic, everything from beginners all the way up to, you know, guys that are doing big transactional deals. But mostly sure. they're people just thinking about getting into this. So please explain to them, if you would, what is the difference between a residential title company and a commercial title company, if there is any? Residential title companies are really set up to do high volume, uh, and, and for lack of a better term, kind of cookie-cutter deals, right? Um, a house is a house is a house, and every commercial transaction is pretty much completely different. Um, there's a lot of complexities, um, and what I would tell you is that residential title companies typically 
uh, just have not seen enough commercial transactions, there are a lot more complexities of the deal because they can be so vastly different, right? Let's talk about this. Um, as you work with a title company, and this is really confusing to the general public out there, most times the general public just ends up at a title company because, if you know, you're buying single-family house, your first residence or whatever, somebody sends you there, they say, this is who we use, and they drop you there, and you do the deal, and you don't really have much of a choice. When you go out right. there to buy a commercial property, whatever type you decide to buy, who has the choice of the title company, the buyer or the seller or negotiation? How does that work? Uh, so I would start with this. Uh, as uh, a typical real estate transaction, I mean, everything is negotiable. Um, there are, I, I can, uh, truly, I can sell both sides on why you could make a case for who should choose. But I will tell you that typically uh, the seller chooses the title company in most cases because they're usually paying for it. Okay. Uh, I have seen cases where um, the buyer gets to select the title company because, yeah, a number of reasons. One, the seller doesn't care, right? The, maybe the seller inherited the property and they're, this is the first real estate transaction they've ever done and they, they just, they just don't care. Um, two, uh, I've seen sellers say, well, if you want to pick the title company, Mr. Buyer, then, uh, you know, you pay for it. And there are groups out there that will do that. And the reason that they'll do that on the buy side is, you know, I, I can I can name 50 groups that we work with that will literally almost kill a deal before they'll let the deal go to another title company. And the reason for that is uh, it's a, my favorite term, which is execution risk, um, not just in an environment like we're experiencing currently, but even in a even in a, a, a hot environment. Uh, where real estate deals are happening one after another. Um, it is so important that you go with a title company. We're not the only great title company out there. There's, there's lots of them in Houston, um, just like any other city. But the reason that you go with a, uh, a, a title company like us um, is execution risk. You cannot afford to have an inexperienced closer kill your deal. There are millions and millions of dollars on the line with uh, you know, an average commercial transaction. And you cannot afford to have someone make a mistake. Uh, a mistake that I've seen, you know, it ranges anywhere from, um, you know, you typically have, let's just say 10 days to get a title commitment back. Uh, I've seen deal, uh, deals get killed from not getting a title commitment back to the client on time, which is completely unacceptable from a title company. Um, but, you know, like I said, there are, um, there are lots of ways for um, a title company to add value. And that's, that's really just um, something pretty simple that we do. Yeah. There's a, um... Contract, commercial contracts have very, very specific timetables set within them. And if you can't execute quickly uh, within the time lines laid out in the contract, yeah, it destroys the deal. It falls apart. Now, one of the things I've noticed is in following up and adding on top of what you said, I've done deals all over the country. In many states, they don't use title companies. They use attorneys. What Correct. I found is an attorney's office 
is like Bob, Sue, and Bill having a cup of coffee in the morning. Like, yeah, well, we get to some, I don't know, Billy's baseball game's going on. And I don't mean to be mean, but I'm being mean for a reason. And that is, I've had transactions where these guys just don't get it done. I mean, you know, when it's closed in an attorney's office and, you know, who knows what's going on in that office. It's not as professional as most Texas title companies. So we're not here to talk about all those. We're here to talk about you. But I just wanted to bring that point up. It is very important to get the deal done. Uh, when right. you talk about buyer and seller, who should pay for the title insurance, it's only common, if, if I believe this, it's only common in Texas for the seller to buy the title insurance. Everywhere else I've ever bought a commercial piece of real estate, in every other state I bought it in, the buyer buys the title insurance. It's just the strangest twist that Texas has, and I don't know why that is, maybe you do, but it's, it's a strange deal. So the seller, you know, is saying, okay, I'm going to buy this because I know I'm going to get the transaction done, and so on and so forth. So, yeah. Hundred percent. We're gonna take a break, and we'll be right back with Mike Roselle and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. You allowed 15,000 members into your sandbox. Thank you. And so that speaks volumes. So for that and as a family. So you know why I did that? Everybody always asks, why did you do this? Because I was an ugly kid. My parents used to have to put a pork chop around my neck so the dog would play with me. And so I always wanted to have friends, and I figured if I could make people rich, they might be my friend. Join Dell and his successful friends. Start with the free online workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. You're hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Michael Roselle out of Alamo Title Company. He uh, can be contacted if you're interested at 713-986-0726 or you get Mike.Roselle at uh, alamotitle.com. Mike, um, so I'm thinking about getting into a deal here and I'm going to write my letter of intent. I'm going to demand in my letter of intent, or at least request in my letter of intent, that uh, I get to pick my title company because that's my team. And that's how I do my due diligence, and I work through the title company on my process, and I'm going to ask that. Now, in Texas, I'm going to ask for them to pay for the title insurance, the seller to pay for the title insurance. And by the way, the way I explain this is most times I'm on the buying side. Uh, for 35 years, I've been helping people buy stuff, so I've been a buyer broker's agency right. and I'm on the buy side. So if I sound one-sided, it's only because of that. But, yeah, generally we're right. going to ask for the seller to pay for it in Texas because that's pretty much the standard process. So here we are. I've got you on my team. I've, I've sent out that letter of, of intent. And, uh, you know, where do we hook you up in? Where do we bring you in? And, and what kind of processes will you help us with up front before we even get started here? 
Yeah. So one one of the things, uh, look, uh, I want. I think it's important to point out that in Texas, we uh, the rates for title insurance are regulated by the state. So we don't charge any more or any less than our competitors down the street. So. Um, how do you differentiate yourself? Uh, the only way to do that, and this sounds cheesy, but it's service. Uh, one thing that we do is we hire in-house examiners to examine our properties. So basically, um, so Dell puts a, a deal under contract, and where does it go from there? Well, Dell's going to have a title company to send that contract to. Um, in this case, it'll be <laughs> Alamo Title. Uh, we are going to open that order up uh, in our system and that order then goes to our in-house examiners now a lot of title companies do not have in-house examiners in which case your deal would go to the uh, title plant here in houston which a lot of every title company houston subscribes to Um, your deal is then kind of put into a queue in the plant so one advantage that we have is that we have in-house examiners if there is something um the best example that I can give you is if there is a deal with a short fuse, right? It's a fire sale. I've seen deals that uh, requested a four-day close. Um, That deal is not even going to get a commitment back from the title plant. And so that's one way that we um, you know, have an advantage on our competitors is that we have in-house examiners. So when we issue a title commitment to you, the buyer, that's what I'm talking about is, is it's who examines your property. If if you have a deal with a short time fuse, um, I can actually walk down my hallway to the uh, examiner's office and say, hey, drop what you're doing. I need this in a rush right now. Um, there is no way to pay for a, an expedited commitment from the plant. You just, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, so from the time that you... Um, put a deal under contract again you know the thing that i would tell you is uh it's it's a phrase that i live my life by which is the answer is always no until you ask i would always ask to choose your title company and i would always ask the other side to pay for it um you might get some pushback if you're on the buy side which i know a lot of your listeners typically will be on the buy side uh at least starting out um I would tell you that one argument you can make when you get some pushback is, hey, this is the policy that I have to live with. Um, You may want to choose the title company, but I have to live with that policy, and I don't know this title company, or I don't know the financial strength behind them. Um, That's one thing that, uh, again, we are the the world's largest uh, title insurer. Um, There's never any doubt on the financial backing behind the commitment that you're holding at the end of your transaction when it's closed. Um, so, uh, you know, I hope that gives a little bit of insight on to, um, you know, how to start yeah. the transaction. I'm going to ask you another question for our listeners benefit. And that is, uh, the secondary title insurance policy that the mortgage company requests the buyer to buy. I forgot the exact name for that because I haven't closed a deal in a few years. So, um, as far as a um, apartment complex, a few years, what is that title insurance called? That's secondary. Uh, I'm not exactly. Well, you've got a lender's policy and you've got an owner's policy. There you go. It's the lender's policy. No, that's it. Simple enough. It's the lender's policy. Um, Can you explain to people out there that don't understand, you're insuring me, the buyer, that I'm getting clear title. That additional policy that I'm being forced to buy to protect the mortgage company is basically saying the same thing, but it's giving them an insurance policy, right? 
Correct. Yes. I mean, it's essentially, uh, like we said before, the insurance is on a lender's policy is to protect the the lender. Um, The insurance on an owner's policy is to protect the owner. And um, you're you're not paying for two policies. I just want to be clear about that. Um, In some cases, uh, depending on the transaction, and again, you typically see this more with commercial, not residential, but there's a number of different endorsements um, that you could have. Um, I see it probably most common is a T19 endorsement that a lender is going to um, require. Um, you know, you get into the, the weeds on what all these different endorsements do. Um, I'd probably get my escrow officer on the phone to help explain that a little bit better. But I, I will tell you, it's important to know that in a commercial transaction, you, you should always at least prepare for the worst. And what I mean by that is prepare yourself on top of what your title insurance is going to cost. You know, factor in another 10% in endorsements um, from, the, from the lender. If they don't require them, then you're you're in a better situation when you've you know uh, written out your pro forma. I want you to give us a little pros and cons on one more point here, and that is uh, when we talk about these endorsements. You went down that road, so I'm going to ask this one: surveys. What percentage of people endorse their survey with title insurance? Ah, uh, Dell, that is a really tough question. I my I honestly uh, I don't know what percentage do. I can, you know, typically, uh, so. I'm, I'm in the business of relationships, um, and we have a team behind us that really handles every transaction. Um, I, I would say, I, I, Dale, I can't even answer that because I, <laughs> okay. I, I don't know the answer. All right. Well, I just want people to understand that <laughs> when you go out there and you get a survey, somebody can read the survey wrong. It can, you know, or the survey itself could be wrong. And so this add-on, this endorsement, covers the survey reading, whoever read the survey, it covers the reading of the survey and the survey itself uh, with an endorsement for title insurance. So I just wanted to add that in there for people so they understand it, because this stuff all comes at them, you know, Michael, it comes at them fast, and they don't know what this stuff is. And I work with beginners and intermediate investors many times. And Well, let me this- add to something that you just mentioned, if you don't mind. I, I didn't mean to cut okay. it off. Um, as, as we're talking to your listeners... The importance of getting uh, an endorsement on a survey uh, for, for meets and bounds description is, you know, I saw this happen just a couple of years ago. Uh, have a client that develops townhomes here in Houston, and their survey was, I don't know, three feet off on, on one of the borders, but he bought consecutive lots next to each other. So that's, it actually caused this domino effect where uh, it ended up, it ended up being uh, a, it could have been a claim, but he didn't get that endorsement. So I, I hate to, you know, take a stance and say you're, you're, you know, tough luck, but you don't insure something. We can't actually have a valid claim on it. What do you see out there and what, what are your suggestions when picking someone to be your sponsor that you're putting your money into your life savings into? Do you have any thoughts on that? You know, I do. Um, the very first deal that I ever invested in was with a um, uh, a multifamily guy that um, turned out to uh, down the road be one of the more successful um, lifestyles guys that has gone through your program. Um, I think it's important for your listeners to know that um, you know 
Dell, what you preach is very, 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 it's just, it's just a lot of truth bombs. Um, I have had in my career, you know, we close about, I close about 450 deals a year. And of those 450 deals, um, you know, a, a large percentage of them, uh, especially in the earlier parts of my career, have been lifestyle deals. Um, I have probably closed 75 lifestyles transactions. And I'm talking about these are not million-dollar deals. I mean, I've, I've closed 50, $70 million deals for lifestyles guys. Um, the, the comment on people are, are always good until they're not. Um, one of the things that we talked about in our conversation was the, the life's too short category. Um, you know, surround yourself with people that you can trust. I think that's probably the number one thing in picking a sponsor. Um, that was the advice that was given to me was this guy would mortgage and sell his own house before he ever lost money for an investor. Um, when you're picking a sponsor, um, I think that that's probably the number one thing. I, I usually bet on the uh, on the horse and not the deal. Um, if that gives you any better insight, uh, I you know I hope it does. But that's where my my best success has come from um, betting on people and that you can trust, and not always the deal itself. Gotcha. Uh, we've only got just four minutes left and i want to see if you can give me a consolidated version of what you feel like the marketplace is doing just the consolidated version if you could real quick what do you where do you see i mean we've heard from both sides that it's going up it's going down it's going sideways you know the same stuff i generally don't get too tied up in this but what do you what do you think you're out there you're touching the transactions what do you think yeah i'd say you know year to date values are probably down 20 percent that's a that's a hard number for sellers to hear because they haven't adjusted to uh, to that to that number, um, you know, sellers still think that it's uh, you know 2019, and buyers still think that it's 2008. So um, overall, <laughs> the interest rates have have been uh, they've basically doubled, right? Um, we've got three more interest rate hikes coming. Um, the word on the street that I hear is you got 25 bips in March, May, and June. Uh, the Fed doesn't meet in, in April. Um, so I think the next meeting is in two weeks. Um, and I hear that CNBC you know, said it's possible that they're going up 50 bips. Bips, I'm sorry, uh, basis points. So uh, 50 bips is basically a half a percent. Um, another thing that I'm hearing, especially because I'm in Houston, uh, insurance is killing deals. That's a very, very tough obstacle that you're going to have uh, when trying to buy a new deal. You know, I, I'd heard that uh, Hurricane Ian in Florida was a $50 billion loss and that whatever insurance companies are left are jacking the rates up 40%, 50%. I heard of a deal just yesterday that the insurance had doubled on the property. Um, but, you know, to buyers all along the Gulf Coast, uh, especially in tech in in here in Houston, Texas City, Baytown, Corpus, Beaumont, Galveston, League City, Clear Lake, etc. All these towns are 30 to 45 miles from the coast, or you know within that. And if you're trying to buy deals there, insurance is going to be an issue. 
uh, that's I know that's one thing that the Fed's going to be discussing. Um, but I, you know, that's a that's a general market update that I that I have for you. Well, it sounds pretty consistent from what I'm hearing from my side, also. So I don't think that there's that both of us are too far from what might actually happen. Uh, obviously, you never know. There could be a war tomorrow and change everything. But other than that, um, it seems that's the direction it's going. When we uh, want to contact you, Mike, how, how should we contact you and how should we start the relationship? We've only got about a minute left. Yeah, honestly, I'm an open book. Um, I, I don't feel like I sell title insurance. I feel like I sell a relationship. Um, I, I have a, a numerous amount of loyal clients that all believe that, um, you know, whether or not you're doing deals or not, I'm always an open book. I can be here as a resource for you. We can, um, we can search liens. We can do a really quick lien search on a property that you're looking to buy. I can come up with a, an owner for you. I, I don't really do, I can't give you contact information for an owner and things like that. Um, but as far as, uh, reaching out to me, you can call text, email, um, whatever you want. I'm happy to give my cell phone number. Um, it's 832-794-2090. Um, you know, what I do is a, is a lifestyle. It's not really an eight to five. It's not really a business. It's a lifestyle. Hey, thanks for coming on, Michael. Really appreciate it. And we'll look forward to seeing you again sometime. For the rest of you out there, remember what Mike said. It's not the money. It's the lifestyle. We'll see you tomorrow. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more of Dell's unconventional wisdom? Go to lifestylesunlimited.com and click the radio tab. Listen to past shows, hear podcasts on demand, and find out how you can change your life today. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show is part of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.